0: to internet marketing for humans. Digestible internet marketing insight and advice to help you grow your business. Welcome back to Internet Marketing for Humans. I'm your host Andrew Laws of Andrew Laws Associates Limited and I am very fortunate to be joined by a couple of guests today. As you know, the last few episodes have kind of found interesting people to speak to, usually people I've known for kind of quite a long time. And I have here the two Team, the two people, the main people, from Studio Brand Up, I have Angie and Franzi. So Franzi, first of all, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yes. Hello, we are Studio Brand Up. Uh, studio Brand Up is uh, our technical director, Angie. And um, <laughs> um, and me, Franzi, I'm the creative director. And we are a small um, design studio specializing in um, brand strategy brand design and web development.
0: Excellent. Now, Angie has a microphone. She said she's not going to talk, but she has a mic. Did you want want to say hello?
2: Hello, um, I'm Angie, technical director of Studio Brand Up, and I'm more of the kind of technical side of the business, whereas Franzi's more of the creative side, but we do cross over a lot, especially on the the strategy side of things. Excellent.
0: Now, Branding is something that's very close to my heart. I was saying just just off, mic before we started. It's something that I've been involved in for many years, but never really been at the heart of. So I know um, Angie from a previous company, Purple Baby Hippo, and very much kind of knew you from the technical side of things. So when I saw that you'd started Studio Brand Up, just the name was something I kind of wanted to find out more about. So I brought Francie and Angie here today to talk about branding. I mean, it, it's in, in your company name and it seems like a good place to start. So we, I suggested kind of a fairly mad title and quite rightly, I've, I've been reined in and <laughs> we're going we're gonna to start, start with the basics. So Frenzy, I see you have some notes there. What do you have as note number one?
1: Yeah. Note number one is uh, to actually sort of clarify a little bit what brand or branding actually means, because in our experience, you know, people quite often think that, you know, once you sort of liberally apply your logo to everything, then you know your your branding is done. You've you've you know you've set up your brand, and that's that's really not what it is. That might be it on a very superficial level, um, but it's very Um, important to understand that branding or brand is not a logo. A brand is basically how someone feels about you as an organisation and they determine what your brand is. Um, However, you do have a little bit of control over it and that's what we call the process of branding and um, that allows you to basically shape um, in some way or form how you want your brand to be perceived so you have a little bit of control over it how you steer it okay
0: so so the the classic thing would be when someone's going to start a company yeah they'll think to themselves i need a logo
1: yes and then
0: they'll shove that logo absolutely everywhere exactly but kind of what you're saying so i have to do this a little bit like a school teacher that's fine i'm I'm kind of entirely (laughs) there with you but just just for for kind of people listening just to, to kind of break it down yeah so you know in my experience, people will either make a logo themselves, which yeah. may not represent their their core values, yeah. or they'll get a really nice logo and then sort of say goodbye to the designer. Yeah. Result, kind of What I'm interested in with you guys is that this is only the start of the journey.
1: Yes, so... A lot of people want to skip to the fun part which is usually the the creative part the oh yeah I have some ideas how my logo could look and we sort of always say well whoa, whoa, whoa we, we've got to, we've got to start you know um, with the foundations um, and so what we do is we usually run um, a brand strategy workshop to start with because okay. it's it's very important to basically get a really good idea what your business stands for and who you want to be as a brand. Um, and we usually help our clients to figure out um, what their actual purpose is um, other than basically making a profit. You know, what What do you really want to achieve with your brand? Um, and what values do you adhere to? Mm-hmm. And that is a very um, important um, sort of Concept, you know, a very important lesson to learn in order to um, basically develop the culture for your brand.
0: So I can see a huge benefit to this. Yeah. Because in my experience, a lot of, well, an alarming number of people who start a business don't actually know why they're doing it. I mean, there's been a kind of a real rash of it in my own experience over the last 10 or 15 years. A lot of people I know who start a business, is because they've been made redundant. Yeah which is how I started in a very roundabout way many, many years ago. But I'm always interested that just starting a business because you want to start a business, it may be enough if you've got the enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I know that the first... God, first few years I was in business were tough because I didn't know I didn't have the faintest idea yeah. what I was doing. So, so you, so, so how does this work? You sit down with with the client.
1: Yeah, and what we usually do, we have a, we have a number of, sort of almost exercises or some little role plays which get our clients to. Um, to do some lateral creative thinking mm-hmm. about their business because you know they're just too close to it so you have to get them a little bit out of their comfort zone to actually look at their business from yeah from a from a step away you to look from the outside in so it's almost
0: coaching would that be a fair, to, fair yeah. thing to say yeah.
1: yeah yeah it does it does touch on a bit of coaching yeah
2: definitely Oh, this,
0: this is great. Okay. So kind of a bit of role playing, kind of a bit of finding out yeah. about what it is your, your clients yeah. want to achieve or do you talk about how they want to be perceived?
1: Yes, as well. So the personality aspect of how um, they want their brand to be recognised and feel is a very important part of that strategy workshop as well.
0: How, many, how often do you speak to someone and find they haven't given that a lot of thought?
1: Uh, almost all the time
2: Most, yeah yeah sometimes um, if a business has been running for a while it, it's it might its kind of got lost mm. over time with new people that have started a business so one of the things that we would do with a, an established company is to look back at their history mm. to look back at the who the founders were of that that company or that business and and dig in deep to find why they started that in the first place who their customers were at the time mm-hmm. and then sort of see if that's changed or whether those values, you know still are still just as important often they are but they've kind of got lost mm. in in you know over the years and with with things that have changed in the business so it's it's always good to kind of go back to that grassroots of, mm. of why that business was started in the first place uh, yeah i imagine
0: you can kind of capture quite a lot of enthusiasm yeah. from something like that because yeah. if a company's been established for a really long time yeah then yeah, you can kind of lose sight, you're in danger. We're also kind of forced into being efficient all the time Mm. and trying to trim the fat and and trying to make things as clear as possible. But now I can see that you you can kind of become a bit robotic in that.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, and it's then celebrating um, all the achievements that they've made, you know, if they've been going a long time because another thing that sometimes gets forgotten. So one of the things we do is look at all the achievements that they've done today and mm. then maybe give them an exercise to look at you know in five years time if there's a newspaper article what do they want to, to say about them you know what do they want to have achieve, achieved as a as a brand as a business in in five years
0: okay so h- how do you take that forward so once you've got well, it sounds like you're getting you're getting business owners or well, the people you speak to enthusiastic about their own businesses yeah oh, I mean it's one of the things that yeah. it's a real core precept of, of my own company is is just Positivity and getting people excited about yeah. what it is they're doing.
1: It's it's also about light bulb moments, and we get that quite a lot in the workshops. You know that, uh, you know, the participants sometimes come out with some real nice little nuggets that you know they they hadn't thought of for a long time, and suddenly it comes up, and it gives a whole different meaning or level to what they're trying to achieve so it's it's prizing out those little nuggets um, from the attendees of our workshops it's as well it's almost
0: like counseling isn't it kind of yeah. kind of kind of things with counseling as <laughs> you, you talk to people and they say things they didn't know they were thinking okay I'm yeah. really enjoying yeah. this this, this is good but yeah. how do you what's the next step after that after you've kind of got a room for enthusiastic people you know, perhaps even with an established company.
1: Yeah. So the the most important bit following the workshop usually is to put it down in writing to mm-hmm. make a you know to put down very clearly um, what the goals are for the next let's say five years. You know, where do they want their where do they want to take their business, and how are they going to get there? So it's we're helping them to 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 basically set. A vision, mm-hmm. and then helping them to come up with some little goals. From these little nuggets that we sort of priced out of them, and the vision they basically, you know, told us, like they want to achieve in the next five years, we then help them develop goals which they can really turn into action. In okay. terms of, um, yeah, like a marketing strategy, if you want or how they can change their internal comms in order to communicate their goals to their team.
0: Do you have any examples of, of how, how companies can communicate their goals to the team? I mean, I've seen in some companies, I've seen um, the, the building we're in, uh, company Best Badges is also here, and they, they literally have a big poster on the wall that says yeah. these are our, our beliefs. Yeah. I mean, that's I guess that's one example. But what, what other sort of things
1: have you done? It's one example. The other thing um, you can do is to put together almost like what we call a little brand book. So it's a, it's just a few pages long document where you basically put down who we are as a business, basically trying to um, make clear what the actual purposes of the business what the values are that basically you know sort of align with that purpose and um, what it's expected in terms of behavior and the way um, staff is communicating Mm -hmm. with each other and once that has been established in-house then that is the way they are basically communicating and engaging with the external audience as well.
0: So it's, it's quite a tangible thing. Yeah. It's, it's not kind of sitting down and talking theory and then being sent out into the, the cold world.
1: No, no. It's,
0: that, it's, it's a very realistic, now we have a document. Yeah. That's, this is yeah. exactly what we're going to do. And then, then
2: it can be used uh, right from you know onboarding yeah. and recruitment. Know, to make sure that you get the, the, the people that are aligned with your culture and your values yeah. that you, you as a business or brand have so that, you know, you get the, the right people in at the beginning.
0: Yeah, ultimately, just save a lot of heartache and a lot of yes. time. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool.
1: So. Yeah, it makes it, I guess, the right strategy makes everything just more efficient is probably... Yeah, it's giving and clarity to everything, isn't it? Clarity and, and you kind of benchmark everything you do as a, as a brand on that's a sort of strategy, you know, the, as Angie said, you know, the, the way you choose the right people for your team, the, the way you choose business partners, the way you choose suppliers, strategic alliances you might want to form, marketing opportunities that come along, it gives you the confidence to say, yes, that works for us, mm. or no, that doesn't work for us.
0: So when you say benchmarking, do you mean just by referring back to the decisions that you've made?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So one of the things I've always struggled with with this kind of strategy thing is how to benchmark clients against their competitors. Yeah. I mean, from I'm going to come at everything from an SEO perspective and I can say, well, they've got this many backlinks, they're doing this much on social. Is there an element of kind of benchmarking against competitors that happens here?
1: Yes, there is. I think in our so in our workshops, what we do one section we dedicate to looking at competitors, and what we're usually trying to um, do with our clients is to almost put together like a brandscape. Um. So we are we brand-scape. are brandscape a brandscape. It sounds very grand, but what we're basically doing is we take a very big sheet of paper, and um, we are putting almost like a little map together put them in the middle and then look at not just their competitors but also at businesses they can partner with, align with, Um, look at, you know, the people they want to engage with and that it might be strategic alliances, um, it might be, you know, the team they want to build, but it's definitely also the people they want to sell to Mm. their service or product. So we are looking at that and then we also have a little list of local competitors that we are looking at. And what we quite like to do is to um, to get our attendees to basically compare themselves to their competitors. Ooh,
0: that, that could to be se- painful. <laughs> to,
1: to see what they are actually doing well mm. that our client may not do very well and the other way around. And sometimes what we do is we sprinkle some other businesses in that might be completely unrelated, but it opens the door to thinking a little bit more creatively about a business. It might be that, you know, you're a professional services company, um, um, but we will um, throw like a retail, a local retail shop, in the round Mm. that everyone around the table knows and get them to think of what they are doing really well and if there's anything they can learn from from that for their business so Um. it's it's not just to sort of compare the business within the industry it's also sort of looking a little bit outside of it
0: I think that 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 sounds like it would add real benefit because Mm. sometimes with some industries I, I can think of I'm not going to mention it. Actually, I nearly did, but there's one industry I work in that's probably 25 years behind everyone else. I mean, in the really strange ways—not not not just kind of the technical way they operate, but in terms of, well, yeah, in terms of branding and and how they choose to communicate. But if we were to benchmark them against their competitors, they're all doing the same thing. Yeah. So I kind of really like the idea of, of. you know, picking someone who's doing really well and saying, "Well, how do they achieve that?" Well, okay, yeah. they achieved it by cheaper milkshakes, which you can't do. Yeah. But, but you know, they changed the proposition that they are offering the public. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's why I didn't, that wasn't really a question, was it? It was more a yay you."
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's what 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 we sometimes say as well is is we, we might give them actually a list of logos of their local competitors and then say, just basically shout out the first thing that comes to mind when you see this logo and you know. Sometimes they say, "Oh, we really hate them." <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and then it's sort of okay, but but why do you actually hate them? You know what is it that you really don't like about them as a business and you know just turn it around and mm-hmm. s- what you don't like about them is everything that you do, right? Mhm. Um, so it's it's a it's a bit of a comparison p- comparison task at times, and it it makes it actually quite fun and it gives them a lot to think about mm. a lot to think about so how long
0: do these these strategy sessions last? I mean
1: it depends on the size of the business, the size of the task, the number of stakeholders that come along to those um workshops. Um, and the workshop itself we usually do either half a day or full day
0: okay so there's plenty of time to, to kind of get stuck yeah. into it then. yeah okay yeah absolutely.
1: there's some prep you know beforehand from our
2: side to understand more about their Giving business our homework. yes <laughs> yeah well for us for us, you know we need to be on on page in terms of you know who they are what their business is and uh, and then obviously there's there's work that we have to do afterwards but in terms of <coughs> Um, spending time with a client is either a half day or a full day, normally.
0: Mm. Can you remind me, I'll I'll talk to you more about that off mic afterwards, because I'm really interested in that. Um, Okay, so I think, so we've got the strategy meeting, so we end up with a room full of enthusiastic people, and we, for example, kind of put together a culture document, which um, is like brand guidelines for the human mind, Kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's basically the you know it's yeah you could say that it's it's a, a list of um, behaviors.
0: So I was bound to come <laughs> up with something odd. It's kind of a big part of what I do is come up with headlines for things. But yeah, but
1: I, I think what's what's really important um, for the businesses that we work with to understand is that ultimately, if if you're trying to build a brand you wanted to feel human mm. because that's that's how brands en- engage with their audiences they they feel human if you and if you think about it if someone shouts out a brand to you 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 might have an instant reaction to it and from uh, some previous workshops that we've done you know it's stuff can get really political mm. you know there are some 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 very strong feelings in the room and that's the key point you know you 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 want people to feel a certain way about your brand, and that is achieved with you know the right type of strategy and culture.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, kind of fully on board with yeah. that. It seems to be something that's coming up a lot more yeah. at the moment. I don't know if it's just because I've become aware of of the humanization of businesses that I'm seeing it more I mean it, it seems to be something that's I don't want to say a trend because I think it's making the world a lot easier a lot easier yeah. to kind of work with
2: it's definitely um, a bit of a kind of buzzword if you like at the moment is, mm. is making everything a lot more human we've been to some digital um, conferences and summits recently and the um, and, a, and a big part of what they're talking about is you know like with AI and everything that's that, that people are using a te- technology um, it's taking the creepiness away from it and and making it more human um and and then you know for it to be more engaging for people so people are getting used to going onto a website for example and seeing a a chat bot or you know or an algorithm that that might help them as long as as long as they're transparent and it feels more human
0: yeah
2: um in the way that it talks to you that it's not cold and kind of like it feels like it's just sort of taking data from you and maybe you know selling it to third parties so it's that whole kind of making it much more of a human element mm-hmm. and I think that's you know key for, for brands to if they're gonna use this kind of technologies to make sure that they use it in the right way and they use it to help their brands rather than creating a distance between them and their customers
0: Absolutely um, Kind of thinking, just just even kind of about local companies, the ones where I know a bit more about. I'm not talking about competitors, but the, the companies I know a bit more about, the people behind the companies. You do sort of. Well, I find I feel warmer towards them, yeah, because it's it's not okay. so much someone who's just taking your money. Mm. It's it's building a relationship, exactly, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Cool. Yeah, and that's a challenge, obviously, as your company, your brand gets bigger. Mm is to maintain that, you know, when it's just sort of one or two people in a small business, it's obviously easier. Um, but that's where, you know, brand design and tone of voice and everything comes into it and, and building your brand from the ground up, it becomes more important as, as you
1: grow.
0: So you're kind of hinting at there there could, there's visual ways you can reinforce this, this feeling. Hmm. There's lots of nodding.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. lots
0: of nodding. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you think of a good example? <clears throat> doesn't have to be kind of one of your clients or just something you've perhaps something you've seen another company do and and just kind of thought hey you know they've, they're getting that right
1: um i think there are tons of examples but i think there's one brand we are we're we're loving at the moment and that's bulb the energy provider oh, green not, energy provider
0: not 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 seeing those what, what are they doing that that's kind of impressed you
1: uh, they are basically so. What they do, they, they sell green energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are basically engaging with that um, part of um, with with those people that um, really want to reduce their carbon footprint. So that's basically their message. That's their that's their brand purpose. Mm-hmm. We want to help um, the general public public to reduce their carbon footprint and i am as a as a customer so i'm am a customer of Bulb as well i'm i'm eternally grateful for it because they are in they're enabling me to reduce my carbon footprint and i love that um and it's not just their purpose it's the way they communicate it and it's a, you'd probably think it's all it's all green you know there might be some trees and it's all a bit drab and a bit hippie ish but it's exactly the opposite. So they are their their branding, their their brand identity is a vibrant pink and purple. They and have a unicorn. And they have a unicorn in their adverts. In their adverts um which is uh, so they're making some brilliant use of illustrations Bright colors, it's very distinct. Mm. That's a key word in um, good brand identity, designed to be very distinctive. Um, And um, it's really fun. So, you know, you think utility companies, it's a bit drab and dreary and dry, but they make it fun.
0: So would would you think that's brave branding then? Because a lot of the eco things you would always expect. The the classic example is McDonald's about 10 years ago went from kind of reds and yellows and strong colours to everything's very sort of muted browns and dark Mm. greens now. And I mean, I can't imagine the products change much. (laughs) But they must have been trying to get across.
2: Healthier. But almost by using
0: a cliche, I I know that with kind of design or the way I perceive it, there are some things that, that everyone's conditioned to believe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you see, um, I'm gonna come up with a really bad example, but if you see sort of a, a serif font, so that's a font with curly bits. Hands then, and feet.
2: Yeah, it, it, you think, well,
0: <laughs> oh, that's a classy brand. Although these days it's more sans, isn't it? So this is yes. in danger of slipping into a kind of a, a very detailed <laughs> that's, kind of that's, design. That's thing.
1: a whole different conversation altogether, yeah. almost, yes.
0: So sometimes if you see kind of um, cliches that have established themselves
1: Mm.
0: then if you're the person who kind of steps out of that I guess that can kind of raise your raise your profile as well
1: yeah you automatically you're differentiating yourself Mm. differentiating yourself um you're because our brains are wired to see what's different that's quite interesting and that's why um bold colors work really well because our you know, visually we notice that sort of thing straight away. Um, simple shapes, our brain likes. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's it's it is quite interesting how colours and shapes actually make an impression mm. um, and touch us as human beings on a subconscious level. It's very subliminal. I
0: think one of the things that interests sorry we are going off, off track here mm. one of the things that interests me is that I grew up in the um, in the 70s and 80s and all brands were trying to outshout each other Yeah, everything was more colourful and more brash mm-hmm. than than the next thing and I think we kind of got completely overloaded the 90s it sort of dipped a bit the early 2000s suddenly everything was so subtle you could barely see it and I think I quite like now that, that people are kind of being prepared to make bold statements yeah. and it's not like we're in a you know, even a financial climate where where risk you know people are quite risk averse at the moment mm. so you know, I'm always kind of quite cheered to see someone who's prepared to actually kind of try and make a difference but the the way I'm understanding it from the conversation I've had with, with you you guys is that it's not that much of a risk necessarily if you've just sat down and you've put in the foundation if you put in yeah. the groundwork
2: yeah yeah that's the important thing yeah mm. that gives you the confidence then. Okay, cool. To be brave.
1: <laughs> okay, so
0: with, we're in danger of me kind of dragging this conversation off in kind of away from what we were going to talk about. So, Franzine, what do you have as your next note?
1: It's actually um, to have the distinctive appearance. That's actually on my... Oh, you know, I could
0: have planned that. That would yes, have been really neat and tidy, wouldn't it?
1: Yes, it's... Uh, did... <laughs> <laughs> it's been Sorry, have I stolen your thunder? No, you haven't. You haven't. And we actually take quite a lot of um, sort of points off the list. But what I'd like to add to this is actually, so as, as Andrew just sort of touched upon, once we have worked out the strategy and, you know, the sort of personality um, with our um, clients' brand, basically, is what we then do is we translate it. So we're making strategy visible. Ah, see,
0: th- this is the bit that I've, I really want to know about. This this is and the cool stuff.
1: That's So that's where the design comes in. That's where the fun part starts. Okay. <laughs> um, and there, there isn't any science or magic behind it. It is basically understanding keywords, what this brand is trying to achieve. And we are trying to translate that into a look and feel okay so
0: look, uh, with this podcast we're always on the watch out for kind of industry words or phrases that, that we might kind of chuck at each other and we know exactly what we're talking about so this phrase look and feel mm-hmm. I mean it I quite like it because it's one of those phrases that that is quite expressive but how would you if if you had a potential client come up to you and say what is look and feel and why do I need it what would you say to them
1: I'd probably start with a little bit of a a sort of detour on how the human psychology works Mm. in a way, because um, as human beings, um, you know, we're we're running on primal instincts most of the time. And um, the look and feel for a brand basically, you know, sort of relies on that instinct in that... Our brain actually processes visual information much, 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 much quicker than text. So colors and shapes inform us um, about a concept. And in the world we are living today, where we are just, you know, sort of over flooded with information and with brands and whatnot, our brain basically takes a shortcut And, you know, sort of skips all the bits that it's not interested in and basically alerts you to those things that it is interested in. Mm -hmm. And the more brands differentiate from, let's say, you know, the status quo and stand out a little bit, the easier it is for people to recognize it. And if you um, translate your strategy in a very impactful way meaning maybe some unexpected colors or typefaces within your industry then people notice you
0: absolutely so can you think can you think some tangible examples we're um, kind of talking fairly theoretically at the moment but I don't want to kind of fast forward through through the process but we've had kind of coming up with a strategy yeah and now we're at the the making things look Look good. I was gonna say looking pretty, but it's so much stronger than that, isn't it?
1: So there's um, there's a couple of quite classic examples that I usually sort of use in workshops is when you walk across Oxford Street and you see shoppers with yellow bags. Where have they been shopping?
0: Do you know what? I I have no idea. (laughs) Yellow bags. Hamley's is I think is the only shop I've ever been in on Oxford Street. Selfridge's. Oh okay.
1: <laughs> or if you get a really lovely ducker colour jewellery box at Christmas. What brand might that be? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, Andrew's the wrong. Person. I can
0: tell you some some guitar brands or, or <laughs> kind of things like that. Okay, no fair fair point, Naomi. that's uh...
2: because you're not the target audience, so, right. so your brain is filtering it out. Oh, exactly, yeah.
0: I am not the target it's, audience. Yeah,
1: it's it's yeah probably that's probably the case. Yeah, but um, going away from brands, maybe an example would be, why do we instantly recognise Golden Gate Bridge? It's an icon of architecture, but what makes it stand out? It's the colour. The colour? Yeah. And? I don't know. The, the <gasps> shape. Hey, sorry.
0: <laughs> I shouldn't record these kind of early in the morning. <laughs> I've only had one coffee.
1: <laughs> but yeah, uh, that that's exactly it.
0: i tell you we, what now, though, now that you've said that, mm. it's going to be absolutely burned in there. Yeah. <laughs> so you've reinforced the brand of a bridge to me there. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. But it, it in it, it it is somehow a brand in itself. Mm. It's it's an icon. And that's what brands are trying to be.
0: Absolutely. They want
1: to be burned into someone's memory so that they stay recognizable each and every time you come into contact with just a smidgen of its brand identity. Mm. And that might be their logo. It might even be their color scheme as my Selfridges example was uh, trying to highlight it <laughs> <laughs> um, and sometimes it's the typefaces because letter, letter shapes can be very very distinctive, we just have to think about the Coke logo mm. it's, it's, well, it, it's a logo but in itself it's a word mark it's a letter it's letter shapes
0: In the 90s, um, Coca-Cola commissioned a new fleet of trucks, it was something crazy like 500 trucks and the sign writers misinterpreted the logo. And mm-hmm. there was just one part of the curl, you know, it's got the sweep underneath. Yeah. And it just dipped by like half a degree. It was, yeah. you know, nobody other than a designer would have noticed. And they, they started again from scratch. Yeah. They stripped mm-hmm. every single vehicle. And it must've yeah. cost them tens of millions mm-hmm. of pounds. But it was one of, the, one of the first examples I'm aware of, or yeah, myself becoming aware of just how important brand and is.
1: Consistency, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the little details that count.
0: Mm, absolutely, it is. Yeah. Okay, great. So, so we, we're kind of we're nipping along quite nicely here, actually. So we've got the strategy, we've got the 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 way we're going to translate it internally, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and how that reflects upon the kind of the business culture. Yeah. And we're starting to talk about how you would how would you uh, portray that information externally. So in, in terms of design.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So what's next? <laughs>
1: I think a quite important thing to touch upon is, um, or maybe going back to the internal audience, your team, Mm. because that's sometimes what's being sort of passed over, that, you know, a certain amount of behaviour is expected off um, the team, the employees, the staff, um, but they might not be enabled properly. Okay. And what we find is that, branding as much as it is important for the outside audience you know the the clients that the, uh, the customers you're you're trying to gain it's also important to to do it internally to communicate your the look and feel of your brand internally because ultimately what you're trying to do is you want to turn every single member of your team into a brand ambassador mm-hmm um, and if they don't live the brand, they can't communicate it properly to the outside audience. So this
0: sounds fairly intense. So I'm doing the school teacher thing again. Yeah. It sounds fairly intense. I mean, can can you give me some real world examples? Because we've seen, I've seen, obviously with big brands going back to McDonald's, everyone wears mm. a McDonald's uniform and well i'm actually sat here in a, a branded a branded hoodie myself yeah. so that's a one very kind of simple example but yeah. what what other examples can you give me how, how you make that a real world thing
1: it's uh, to a certain degree what what we always suggest is to actually also transform the office spaces um, so that you know you your your environments the brand environments are you know being visible inside and out i'm going so to make a note
0: of that sorry that that's something that I, there's that's really struck a chord with me actually
1: <laughs> so yes it and it might be that we basically help our clients to um to do a little bit of um interior design for their offices you know and it might be as you said earlier that they put their values on the wall or um you know sometimes it's just as easy as painting the walls in your corporate colors you know and um adding a little bit of um brand personality in that way mm-hmm. um or what we've done um last year with a with the businesses we've so sort of incorporated some some really fun messages um you know we've given them th- they are to sort of um their whiteboard a particular name where you've given their breakout areas a bit of a name that type of thing and and again using the typefaces using the color scheme um and yeah coming up with some some sort of internal culture ideas Mm. as well that um you know help engage every single team member
0: how do you measure success with things like that
1: well that that that's a quite difficult question but I think success starts with the moment that you know that you put a smile on every single team member with you know a, a a newly renovated office you know that that's how how businesses start to measure success because It's it's a step in the right direction in a way.
0: Your staff have to be in these places almost longer than they're at home or anywhere else. Exactly. It's one of those things that when I hear it like that, it sounds it sounds really obvious. But I can think of many many places I go, no clients because they're all lovely, of course. But I can think of many places I go that are still quite oppressive oppressive office spaces where you know almost you kind of get the feeling that staff are it's more like they're encouraged to be drones. Mm-hmm. Kind of carrying out tasks rather than actually being kind of creative, happy people who are they're going to work towards the goals of the company.
1: Yeah, that's it. investment usually goes into the exterior when, you know, the, the, the most important investment is actually getting your staff on board, mm. making them feel, you know, part of the brand, part of the entire operation and feeling really well looked after.
0: It, it, I think it helps kind of portray the company as cohesive mm. and, and all moving in one direction which obviously to, to meet your goals internally is, is incredibly important yeah. but also in terms of if you're a service provider or, or if you're any company at all you want potential customers to view you as cohesive as well yeah. you know the, yeah. the, this is a group working as one yeah and I think you know even some companies I wouldn't expect to see uniforms as such I'm starting to see happen more often because mm-hmm. if anyone comes anywhere near that building then the first thing they see is that a team that, that's all working together and, and yeah. I mean it, it can be such a brief thing because in, anyone visiting your company whether they're going to become a client or a customer or whatever they're still only spending a tiny fraction of time in your premises mm-hmm. or being exposed to your brand yeah. but you've got that opportunity to to put yourself forward. Yeah. Uh, to to back up going going back to what you're saying about the strategies yeah, yeah saying this this is who we are this is what we do this is what we want and I'm, so I'm, I'm sort of really enjoying this i'm really geeking out on this a bit but i can see some <laughs> kind of from, a, from from a marketing head perspective um that you yeah you, you're giving yourself the absolute best opportunity yeah. to be to be seen the way you wish to be yeah
1: yeah and it's the sum of all impressions isn't it
0: oh i like it's, that phrase you're, that's good
1: you really so sort of it that really helps you as a brand to build trust mm. with the people that you, you want to interact with, you, the people you, you want to buy from you or, you know, take you up on your services. It's the sum, yeah, the sum of all impressions. Excellent. This,
0: this, is, this is good value. Um, what's your next note, friends?
1: Um my that's actually my last note that, that I've got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty more we could talk about. Um my last note is um well we've we've touched upon it a little bit but um uh, we spoke about having a brand book for your business but I want to go one step further and actually say it's quite crucial to also have a really detailed set of brand guidelines okay so brand guidelines they go a step further so they might have a section on your brand strategy as well but what it basically does it details your brand identity assets
0: okay so brand guidelines I think this is fairly self-explanatory but I'm, I'm aware that again it might be a phrase that I, I know well but but the listeners yeah. might not Yeah. so brand guidelines in my experience are a PDF or an actual Documents document, yeah. that you say it, it was what, what sort of other things we've got the obvious things like this is what the company logo is yeah
1: but it might it might actually go a little step further than that and explain the usage okay. of the assets that you've got <gasps>
0: god that would make my life so much easier if more clients actually had brand guidelines. Yeah. not my clients you're all lovely <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it it, it it might actually detail you know um where your logo is usually going to be placed and all sorts of marketing collateral that you produce um you know the minimum size it should be um maximum maximum, <laughs> maximum size <laughs> it well, the should one i be. find
0: really useful is how much border or how much white space yeah the margins there, there should around, be around the yeah. logo
1: the do's and don'ts mm.
0: the do's and don'ts I see a lot of people allow their logos just to be slammed together especially if they're if they're if they're uh, you know, sponsoring an event, yeah. we kind of tend to refer it, refer to it as the '70s sports car kind of look. You know, just all the logos all smashed together and. Yeah. It is changing. You see, even when footballers—I don't watch football—but when footballers are interviewed at the end of a match and they stood in front of logos, I've noticed more and more now they actually have space around yeah, the logos. Yes. So that's come from whoever's designed that, so looked at that company's brand guideline document, yeah. and said, "Ah, oh, this is what we should do."
1: And that's exactly it. So, you know, if if let's say you've got a you've um, appointed. Uh, an advertising agency to take care of your advertising um, but you had a, a, a brand agency who helped you put all you know your strategy your brand design and your website together the ideal scenario is you should be able to hand over this brand guideline document mm. to that agency and they shouldn't need to ask any more questions so everything in this document is basically telling them what you need to know about the business and about the, the, the stylistic sort of rules that need it's, to be applied.
0: Speaking from kind of the other side of the fence from that, you know, mm. obviously uh, I am or we are a marketing agency. Yeah. And we ran a series of campaigns for a local business recently. Mm. And obviously we only have so much time. We have, we have a, a set amount of time to, to do as much positive, positive things as we can. Yeah. Because at the start of this project the client was able to hand us a very well-written brand document. Yeah. It basically meant instead of, for example, 10 hours to work on the project, and usually you'd expect three or four of that just to gather assets, you know, just to get the logo, figure out how you're yeah. supposed to do it. Because we had clear brand guidelines, yeah. we were able to spend the whole time creating good adverts yeah. and kind of making things happen rather than kind of putting in the groundwork. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's such an important way for something that, that takes relatively small amount of time compared to how much effort people put into their businesses moving forward it can save you hours and hours and hours yeah absolutely incredible thing it's kind of
2: like the the blueprint isn't it of your business almost Mm. that you know needs to be given to anybody that's going to be doing stuff that represents your brand in any way shape
1: or form
0: and speaking as one of those people who does stuff we massively appreciate it (laughs) really really do it (laughs) makes an incredible difference
1: and we, we don't really make a difference as well. You know, it might be a one-man-band startup or it might be a company with hundreds of employees. You know, it's always good to have this detailed document at hand.
0: Mm, absolutely. So yeah. we've talked about um, kind of what you guys do and obviously the, the smart choice for anyone listening is to, to contact you in the first instance. But we always kind of like to look for things that... That business owners or marketers can do for their own brands, you know. So, as a takeaway from this, well, can you recommend a few things that, that people can look at with their own business? And if they don't, if they don't, if they aren't able to contact you, how they could do it themselves?
1: Uh, I guess, in a way, they could do like a like a little audit mm-hmm. um, to see whether, first of all, they they have a very clear brand purpose in place. Do they have a goal they're working towards to other than just running a profit? Mm-hmm. You know, how are they solving problems for their potential clients? What
2: difference they're making to their customers' day or live Lives, that's obviously quite a good one, because is mm. it what they're providing? Is it something that just makes a difference to their day? Or it could be that makes a difference to their life, and it's kind of understanding the difference it makes rather than focusing on the product or service. Mm. What does it do for their customers?
0: That's like an interesting thing. I think a lot of people. I mean, the classic thing with business is for marketing, we find people's we find a pain point, which always sounds really grim, but it's not. It's a very positive thing. Well,
1: that's mm. a good thing. Yeah. Yes,
0: mm. but I can see yes. that kind of a- anyone listening to this, they yeah. they they should know what their customer's pain point is. They yeah. should know the problem they solve. But yeah. just going going back to what you said, Angie, with just a little bit of extra thought, you can make mm. that. A lot more beneficial and it, it must open a lot up a lot of doors and make things a lot clearer
1: yeah. yeah and the other thing as well going a step back from the pain point is is also figuring out the trigger point oh so it's not it it's about audience behavior um one could call it you know what causes someone to take an interest in your product or service at what point in their life do they look at your website to find out more about your product or service mm. you know what gets them there mm. is understanding that a sort of reaction
0: so it's kind of was mis- Finding the, the, the point before the pain point.
1: Exactly. <laughs> what yeah. what, what stage are they... talking about? Sales
2: funnels and. Oh, things. I was going to say <laughs> this, this is where the dreaded F
0: word comes up: <laughs> the, the, the funnels, um, which are, are useful, but guys it's, it's such an it's such a trendy thing at the moment. I have yeah. noticed kind of even on Facebook. Kind of half the adverts I'm showing on Facebook are telling me to improve my funnels, and <laughs> I was thinking I've got a plumber for that. Kind of. <laughs> Hello, Luke, if you're listening. Um, Okay, cool. So yeah. I think we've we've given good value, kind of here. I think we've given people something that they can kind of take away, and it's it's just about looking about looking at your business in an, an uncompromising mirror.
1: Yeah, and it's it's sometimes very hard. Um, a friend of mine said um, quite quite recently said you can't read the label from the outside. Uh, from the inside, sorry. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> and that's exactly true because you're you're so close to, you know, your your brand or your business. So you you need to put yourself in a in a more objective place mm. to look at it more from the outside. And sometimes the best thing to do is to ask for help.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I'm I'm kind of a believer in that, kind of with my own business. Mm. I I'm always aware that if we congratulate ourselves too much, we're wasting that time where we could be making more positive change.
2: Yeah.
0: Kind of. Yeah. Okay. So, Andrew, do you have anything you'd like to kind of add to wrap up?
2: Um, no, I think you know what Franzi said is true. It's. Um businesses just trying to take an objective view of what they're doing Um, sometimes it is difficult because you can be too close to it but I think sometimes you know I mean a lot of companies sometimes they have away days you know where they take kind of core people away from the office for an afternoon I think that can be useful for for an organisation and just to look objectively and just to to talk about not kind of what products or services you do but sort of who you're who you're trying to sell it to and and think about your customers as kind of human beings with feelings and how Mm -hmm. you can connect with those on that level
0: yeah
2: so i think you know that's something that um all all, all businesses and organizations could do
0: so it it comes down to communication even if it's just communication with yourself if you're a small business or within the team it's talking more talking
2: yeah definitely
0: works well for a podcast i find it
1: yes
2: (laughs) <laughs>
0: okay so so how how can people reach you friends how can people engage studio brand up or have a chat with you
1: um so they can go um in the first instance go on our website at um studiobrandup.com so Studio brand Up all one word um we're also on instagram same word at Studio studiobrandup um and um we also have email addresses, obviously. Yeah. LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, we're also on LinkedIn, yeah, so you can um, connect with Studio Brandup. We have a company page, and then also Angie and I, we have um, separate um, personal profiles on LinkedIn. And yes, you basically should be fairly
2: easy to hmm. find, then. We've yeah. Got yeah, plenty of opportunities. Yeah. And
1: um, something that we've done in the past and that we're planning
2: to do more of next year is that we hold. Um, Well, we called them brand talks, didn't we? Yes. Um, But we we did a couple last year where, um, you know, you can just come along, anyone can come along, and we just share a lot of what we've done, uh, what we've talked about here, and and give people some activities and things to do. And we're we're planning on doing some more um, next year so people can come along and um they can think about their business just, purpose
0: just to say next year we're, we're recording this in december 2019 yeah. so depending on when you listen to that um i think if you're listening to it and it's you're in you're well into 2020 you haven't got to wait for 2021 <laughs> go, go go look at studiobrandup.com and you'll, you'll find you'll find what yeah, you there'll, need there'll
2: be some information on there shortly yeah okay
0: so here's an interesting question for you angie what type of companies would you really like to speak to
2: I think for us, it's probably more likely to be companies that have been established for a while, but have maybe lost their way. Um, they have maybe merged with another company mm-hmm. or organisation, um, and they've lost a bit of cohesion. Yeah. Um, the other, you know, the, the people that worked for another company that now work for the new company, maybe don't feel like they work for the new company. Mm-hmm. Um, they may have changed their their services or their products slightly, or wanting to target um, a new a new target audience, um, and need help in really going back to basics and looking at the the brand as a whole, um, and how they can communicate that. Also, I think what's really important these days is with digital transformation, which I know is a bit of a buzzword, but you know businesses need to um, connect with different target audiences in a different way you know the younger generation are much more likely just to go online and want to engage in services yeah. online and not actually speak to anybody whereas so you need to really businesses really need to understand their target audience and the different ways they need to communicate it's not just sort of one way that, that fits all you know the older generation still prefer to pick up the phone mm-hmm. and, and it's communicating your brand consistently throughout all those different mediums so it's those sort of organisations that we're really interested in helping.
0: Well, it sounds like you, you have a lot, lot to offer. I, I can't think of any type of company that wouldn't wouldn't find it beneficial. So there you go. That there's there's the the nice. I think we went a bit further in an introduction to branding, didn't we? But yes. <laughs> it's, it's, kind of, it's, it's, it's great to find out kind of some of your methods and and just how deep kind of the brand the gra- the brand conversation investigation can go. Mm. So thank you, Angie. Thank you, Francie, from Studio Brand Up. That's, um, I was going to say, that's all we've got time for. We could sit here and talk for hours if you like, but at some point we're going to have to (laughs) kind of slam the brakes on. So I'm going to wrap it up here. Uh, Thanks for listening. Please like and subscribe and do all that fun stuff. Go go look at studiobrandup.com and all will be revealed. Okay, thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye.